0: Welcome to the 70th episode of the Nerdom and Other Nonsense anime podcast. Today we are covering the 8th week of the Fall 2018 anime season. As always, we include timestamps in the description of the YouTube video and the podcast feed if you only want to hear about one or two shows that we're covering since we spoil literally everything. My name is BCom, and I am so inspired by Run With The Wind that I have started a strict training regimen. That will surely kill me in the next three days. (laughs) Hygie would be proud. (laughs) Also with me are Kat and Leo. Oh, I can't wait to
1: talk about how ridiculous that show gets. (laughs) I agree
0: with you. Oh
2: my
1: gosh. (sighs) Man.
0: So what nonsense did you guys get up to this week?
1: Anybody Uh, feel free to jump in.
0: Leo, I like your story.
1: So, yeah. I mean, if people don't know, I read a ton. So a little while back I read a book called The Dirty by Motley Crue. It's basically their biography. And it's so disgusting and disturbing the things they did. Oh, and just the sheer amount of drugs is like I at times you honestly just can't believe it. Uh but like this is early on in the book and this is mild on the scale of how debaucherous they got one thing they did early on was live in just like a trash of a house that they would use like their hairspray as flamethrowers to scorch the roaches off the walls. Uh, the drummer would use their amps and boxes as walls to try to keep the roaches from crawling over his face as he slept. Nice, it's so very nice, fascinating. And this is like from a scale to one to ten, uh, ten being like the worst things that happen in this book. This is like two or three. This oh my is God. nothing. Well, it's, I
2: mean, if you if you've heard some other songs, like they got some questionable songs, like she's only fifteen.
1: Like she's yeah, oh, like I yeah. mean I forgot, but there's, there's some questionable there's a stuff story be- why that one was written like that and stuff like that. But like
2: Oh, I'm sure there is. I'm it's, sure. It's,
1: it's a wonder they even stayed together and it's a wonder any of them are alive. Uh, even though I think all of them died multiple times at one point from drug overdoses and shit, but <laughs>
2: well, I'm sure they 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 virtually died and yeah, so came back to life. They had been
1: trying to get a movie made for it for like a while, and they uh-huh. apparently got to do it with Netflix. And uh, cool, oh, darn, I can't remember their lead singer's name right now. Oh God! But he's he's been like working with them, and what he's so stoked about is that like Netflix isn't censoring everything, anything. So like. All this messed up stuff that's in the book is going to be on this in this movie, and it comes out March twenty second, two thousand nineteen. And I am so pumped! It is. It was such a good read. I that, think that, the lead singer is Vince Neil. Yes, For Vince sure. Neil.
0: So wait, is this called the Dirt or the Dirty? I think you said Dirty before. The Dirt, right? The, the Dirty. Dirt. The, dirt. Oh, the Dirt. Oh, the Dirt. Oh, the Dirt. Okay. Oh, okay. Cool.
2: The yeah. Dirty would have been better. Damn. Well, but speaking <laughs> of drugs, I have just been. <laughs> like doing a lot of legal drugs this week because like i'm still sick as fuck and like when you have asthma and you're sick as fuck and you have been for a month you get to go in and like do this this like thing that looks like a vape pen and it like has medicine in it and it just makes you like really amped and like kind of high and it like it also makes you your lungs better but like it it takes you places for a little bit.
0: I'm excited to see where those places are in this podcast. Yeah. Kat, Kat's going to be part of the girls in Twilight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but you watched the movie, didn't you, B.com? Yeah, last night I went to see the movie Mirai in theaters. Uh, this is the Mamoru Hosoda movie, like, who made, you know, Wolf Children, Girl Who Left Through Time, Summer Wars, all that stuff. Boy and the Beast And, uh, so this is his latest movie and my theater experience for this movie was really bad. Uh, I went to a different closer theater than the one I usually go to. And so like the first theater I sit in, I sit there for 20 minutes. The screen just doesn't start. Then they come in, they're like, there was a malfunction. We're going to move you to another theater. So like after 20 minutes, we all walk over to this other theater And then when the movie finally starts playing, it's in English instead of Japanese with English subtitles like it was supposed to be. And like
2: gasp,
0: Some people started How complaining and then they were like, Alright, we can't change it. And then so this Japanese woman who was there with like her daughter, like left because she came to see a Japanese
1: like spoken movie. Right. And Yeah. <laughs> so, it's like, yeah. I hope I hope she wrangled a fucking manager on her way out and at least got her money back. <laughs> I, I hope so. I really hope so. Yeah. I didn't I didn't follow
0: her or anything to see if that happened. But yeah, uh and then so I watched the movie in English. Uh I really did not like it. Um though it did just get nominated for a Golden Globe Award, apparently. So apparently I'm wrong. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, I just, I did not enjoy watching this family because they are like a modern family and they have a newborn baby girl and they have a four-year-old toddler boy named Kuhn, the, the, is like the center focus of the movie. And he really does not like losing the attention of his parents when the new... Be, like a newborn baby girl is born and he's like a total like terror like he's just constantly yelling and screaming for his mom and complaining for like an hour and a half of this freaking movie and I was just like oh this is a great movie if you like want to convince people not to have kids like <laughs> wow. so,
2: so it's birth control in a movie Basically, uh, that's how I
0: felt about it I, I've talked to a lot of people that feel differently but yeah so, oh. so if
2: you've got like like 14 15 year old kids, Slop them down, have them watch this. <laughs> you won't you won't be having problems. Is what you're saying. Maybe. Yeah.
0: I also thought it was kind of okay. a critique of uh, millennial parents not having their shit together uh, because oh. Well, whoa. I mean, they're not <laughs> wrong. Yeah. I'm
2: sure we all don't have our shit together. <laughs> yeah, Let's probably. be real. People our age kind of suck at that shit. Yeah, for sure. But uh
0: so anyway, it's it's still an interesting watch. I would be interested to see it in Japanese again at some point but not in English ever again probably. So yeah. But yeah. A, yeah that, that was my nonsense. Bummer.
2: Do you ever wonder how like people how so many people have had kids over the years? <laughs> like how do they all do it? They have sex, cat. <laughs> that's how they well, do but it. But, like, like, how do they not murder their children, like, in their oh. crib?
0: Well, that's true. Like, once they
2: have them. <laughs> that's a good point. Because, I mean, it's so stressful. It Jesus. is
0: really stressful. There is a lot
2: of you know, heavy all y'all-
0: parental instinct, though, going on.
2: All y'all that have kids out there and you haven't murdered them in their cribs, like take your hand and just pat yourself on the back
1: there yep. for a second. Good job. Man. Good.
2: Just, just feel good about yourself.
1: Kat, if you have any of those drugs left over when you're not sick anymore, I will gladly take them off your hands. <laughs>
2: oh.
0: All right. oh, Since cat is clearly in twilight, let's talk about the girl in twilight. <laughs> Episode eight, yes. Asuka and Asuka. Uh, so at the beginning of this episode, the girl's local cafe, Cafe Octave, is super busy because that pretty boy, Toimoya, has a new musical that's showing nearby about getting married to a girl named Nana, which was kind of funny because, like, Nana, like, kind of got thrown off at the beginning there because, uh, like, she thought it was about her for a second. And then Asuka decides, like, they're going to go help out the old cafe owner who fell and is having a hard time getting around uh I actually skipped over some stuff here Leo like that you liked about um like Chloe thinking she she might want
1: to take up programming and stuff like that it was it was kind of cool because like the girls were learning from their twilight cells like experiences like Chloe wanted to do take up programming this doing instead of doing like the liberal arts or whatever Mm -hmm. excuse me and then uh and then like what's going through like uh a uh, use head like she's uh like the erotic you is like having an effect on her. She's yeah. kind of thinking maybe she should unwind a little bit and not be so uptight. And it, it, I just there there were just these little things, and it's just interesting to see them you know grow up and evolve the way they are. I just thought it was cool.
0: Yeah, they've been changing because of all of these like escapades they've been through. Basically, yeah, it's just
1: a sign of you know good writing. I yeah. think.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I do agree with that. I also was kind of like. How are they just helping this cafe owner and not getting paid? Because I'm pretty sure that's not <laughs> yeah. at all legal, and that would be child slavery. He he like um, like yeah, that's
1: not clear early on, but then like towards the end, like he paid them. <laughs> so oh, did he? I didn't even. Does, I does didn't he? Because I, I
2: missed that. Because I was like, wait, I was like, is, are they doing this for free? But that's just like the finance I think side it was of like going. Like, thro- no.
1: Yeah, it was <laughs> some like throwaway line of them getting paid like it's like a blink and you miss type thing oh okay yeah
0: yeah asuka Asuka gets like really into it like um they all the girls wear like pink uh, aprons on the first day and then she's like we're gonna do we're gonna wear outfits the next time so like day two they wear like made outfits and then asuka's like well that was kind of cliche so let's just do a different theme every day and then so they start like recycling all of the outfits they've used in the other worlds like they start wearing (laughs) bridesmaids outfits or or, brides outfits um bride gowns and then like cowgirl outfits on day four and then when it gets to day five everybody's busy except for you and Asuka and Asuka's like well I guess we need to wear bathing suits like we did in Chloe's arc (laughs) and you's like that would be really creepy Yeah,
2: but the Asuka, <laughs> not, not Asuka, the other stuff. Just the that. That's the only one
1: that says what's creepy about using our healthy bodies to attract younger customers. I laughed my ass off. <laughs> 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 yeah. Are you sure
2: you're only attracting younger customers? Pretty you oh sure you're attracting all ages.
1: Good point. <laughs> right. Yep. <laughs> Never so, seen so many old men in this cafe before.
2: <laughs> exactly.
0: So like you gets a call from her dad who scolds her for skipping cram school to like help out. And so she has to rain check because she listens to her dad. And so Asuka is all alone and helping out until she finds that Siriuska, who I'm just gonna call Siriuska, I'm I'm retiring Twilight Asuka because this seems to be her official nickname now. Um She's at the cafe, and Asuka's like, oh, yes, I get to dress you up in a maid outfit now. Um, and says I just like, want
2: to point out for a second yeah. that I was calling her Siriska before I know. any y'all called her Siriska.
0: <laughs> this is true. Oh. Good job.
2: Sorry. Anyway, go on.
0: Uh, and so, like, yeah – like Asuka like the normal one like whispers in her ear like this is payback for all the miso you've been enjoying from my family shop um <laughs> and it's like I, yep. I there was this one funny moment where Asuka trips and falls like this platter of two coffee cups and Siriuska like you know, athletically grabs the cups off the tray like as it's falling, and then like as Asuka falls, the show does another one of those like just weird. It just does it.
1: I don't know why.
0: <laughs> out of nowhere, upskirts. That's just like, why is this even here? And it, it just, it's
2: such a graceful like. It was a very graceful upskirt, motion. Yes. <laughs> skirt. I, I was fascinated. Yeah, they
0: spent a yeah. lot of time animating that like flap of the skirt. You know, like they really got it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh man so and like
2: her eyes widening as she sees the upskirt oh yeah absolutely (laughs) like someone should make a meme of that where there's just like a it's going down for real like in the background (laughs) as her eyes like widen
0: (laughs) (laughs) for sure oh man so this kid comes into the cafe his nickname is takun and siriuska clearly recognizes him from her own fragment and tells Asuka that she knows him well, and we'll find out why later. Uh, the other girls show up, and they start talking about how much nicer and sexier like Sirius-ka looks because she's like refined and mature.
1: Uh, they also well, try to oh what? Well, first they keep mistaking her for uh, like re- regular Asuka, and they keep saying things like, "Oh, you seem so much more." confined now and stuff like that like fucking yeah. cracked up every time they walked in and said something because <laughs> then like Asuka's like hiding behind the bar she's like really guys really <laughs> all except
0: for you who they try to like trick but she like mm-hmm. immediately realizes it's Siriuska from like one yep. glance they also say something about how Asuka is cute too uh and like they, they translate it but like what the Japanese said is like she's got like that gap moe appeal <laughs> she's not completely put together so uh Mm-hmm. Asuka sneaks Siriuska into her house that night so she can like take a bath and have some dinner, thinking that nobody is home. But it turns out her grandma's there, and she sees both of them right next to each other. And so like Siriuska's quick on her feet. She like makes up a story that they randomly met and became friends because they looked identical, and they have the same name. And yeah, she tells her grandma her last name is Siri.
1: Get it?
0: Siri Asuka. Siri Asuka. So... She ends up eating dinner with the fam, and uh, Asuka's father actually gets kind of testy when Asuka wants, like, to go with him to, like, his union meeting, basically. Mm-hmm. And, like, she's like, you know, I'm I'm going to, like, take over the business one day. And she, she tells him, like, I wrote miso maker on my career planning form and everything, like, because he asks her if she did. And he basically tells her, like, you should think that over because you're totally not ready. And she's pissed, and but, like, he's pretty stern about it. And There's
2: some tension there that, yeah, that you see. For sure. Yeah. Uh,
0: and she's bummed out, and then, like, she goes and takes a bath with Siriuska, uh, which was, like, fairly tasteful, honestly, as far as bath scenes go. I'm not going to, like, complain. Um,
2: yeah, it wasn't that bad at all.
0: Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so... Siriuska says, like, remember that kid I saw earlier in the cafe, Takun? Like, in my world, he's, like, starving and barely able to survive. And that's, like, how it is for everybody in my world. And so when I look at you, I don't know if you should, like, tie yourself down to the family business. Because I want you to be free to do what whatever you want to do. Because, like, I think Siriuska is thinking, like, at least this Asuka can live a nice, happy life for herself, even if I can't. Um, and so, Yeah. Both Asuka's like then wake up from having this same dream of seeing their little brother Kyo smiling and telling them that he's okay. And they kind of have like a nice moment bonding over it. And then the walkman starts blaring louder than usual. And Siriuska like immediately like gets ready and like has to return to her fragment. And Asuka like follows her, tries to go with her. But Siris is like, no, I want you to live here where you have a future and just tell all the other girls I had a lot of fun with them. And so she transports away. But Asuka had sneakily written down the frequency on the Walkman. And so she gathers everybody and they all follow Asuka over to the fragment. They actually like debate about it for a second. Like, should we go? And they all decide, yeah, we should go. Um and they decide to use you as the link, uh, since she's the only one who can't like transform right now, and also because Asuka needs to be able to talk to Siriuska and talk this over. And right. so they ar- they arrive in her fragment, and yeah. there's like this weird bright dome ominously covering the entire city, and that's like the cliffhanger basically. It looks very ominous.
2: So it'll be interesting to see how they handle like doing use arc, because I'm assuming they're going to try and do use arc. At the same time that they deal with basically Asuka's arc and like getting into the meat of the story, which should be Asuka's like brother and whatever's up with that and all of this. So, yeah, I don't know how they're going to handle those two things. Well, I think they had to do it at the end
0: because of erotic you also being a factor. Like, I'm sure she will be around for whatever the end game of this anime is going to be, too so
2: that's true yeah like,
0: but yeah, th- yeah I thought that
2: was interesting because oh, I was yeah. like hmm they gotta almost do this simultaneously we'll see how that works
0: yeah I'm curious how it's gonna play out for sure um any other thoughts on this before we move on
1: mm, four more episodes so
0: see what they can do we have a lot of sea otters to talk about so Kat why, oh, why don't you take it away Jesus, Jesus yeah. Christ go the Kabooby second season <laughs> let's go let's do it
2: yeah yeah but yeah, so at the very beginning of the episode of Okay, so we got Golden Kamui and this episode's called Blue Eyes. Episode 20. You excited? You excited about it? Oh, I'm, I'm excited so about excited. it. Okay. <laughs> so Inkamar and Ginjiro are still traveling together. And a guy like a guy comes up to them on the beach and offers them like the sea otter. And he's like, Oh, you're a couple, so I'm gonna offer you this. And like I, at first, I, I've always thought that Ikemoto kind of, like, was teasing Genjiro, mm-hmm. but she kind of blushes at this point, yeah. and I'm like, oh, okay, she actually does like him.
1: Yeah, the show specifically shows that she probably has legit feelings for him at this point. So, it mm-hmm. th- makes it interesting for what happens later on, but we'll talk about yeah, when we get there. for sure.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, in the meantime, like, <laughs> Sukimoto and the gang are in this other area. And there's, like, a bunch of locusts just that just appear, like, out of nowhere, and they're just like, oh, shit, and they go inside this lodge. And I guess in the 1800s, locusts were, like, a huge thing, like, because that's basically when they were – I don't think they are a thing anymore. Like, you never – I mean, locusts definitely you still exist, and you,
0: you can there's definitely still swarms. Like even today, like I know, like in places like Madagascar, I've heard about like s- locust swarms. Like they still exist.
2: Well, but we we have gotten rid of them in like populated areas. Like Mostly, uh, North yeah. America used to have locusts, and we don't have them anymore. It makes me mm-hmm. wonder what we did to get rid of them because uh, they're like so crazy. We we, we,
0: we clearly <laughs> prayed to the Bible really hard.
2: <laughs> Apparently, but yeah. So, so it does make sense. During this time, there were a lot of locusts. Um, they're not in a lot of areas of the world anymore. I guess there are still some areas, but most of the, most of the areas of the world, they've kind of gone away. But at this time period, there were a yeah. lot of locust swarms, so it makes sense. So anyway, um, poor Inkamot gets stuck, like running from the swarm by herself and, until she meets up with Asirpa, who's like, "Get in the boat, bitch!" And like she gets to the boat. Um, and she's like, ha ha, I've got you now because you're caught between this boat and these locusts. And <laughs> there's only one choice for you. <laughs> <laughs> so she's like, now I got you in private and I'm going to ask you for all this shit about your father. So meanwhile, Sugimoto and Genjiro and everyone are cooking this otter meat.
1: Jesus <laughs> Because so, they're
2: like, well, we're in this hut. There's a bunch of locusts outside and we got this otter meat. Let's do it. And so they're like cooking it. And like I think Sokimoto is the one who comments it has an interesting smell. And at first I thought he meant like it stinks. Mm-hmm. But I guess it's like a sexy smell. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Because Sugimoto is suddenly alarmed that Shiraishi just looks sexy to him. <laughs> and then Patagi's button just like comes off and he says like, "Oh, it came off again," which makes me think this has happened many times. Well,
0: have you seen his chest? It's like yeah. he's dying I dying mean, to has break a out chest.
2: there. <laughs> Uh, and I think that it's hilarious this whole this whole time this scene is taking place Ogata is like clearly affected but he's like a psychopath so he just lays on the floor <laughs> like blank faced and sweating and, and you almost want to hear like what's going on in his head yeah. like is he is he also aroused and like troubled by this or is he just like must must fight this urge like I don't know what's going on
1: <laughs> yeah I don't know it's so <laughs> funny because it just jumps from one guy to the next and they're just like all admiring each other. It's just like, what yeah. is the fuck is going on? I also looked up if seal otter meat did this, and I couldn't find shit about it. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, I
2: mean, every culture has like some bullshit about something that causes, yeah. you know, amorousness. Like, like some people think what oysters do that, and they don't really do that, but people think they do. So, you know, um, I'm sure it's kind of like that. But yeah, ki- and then Kiranke Kira comes in at this point, and they all look sexily at him too. And I'm like, <laughs> "Oh, the shit! This is going down. Gay orgy in the lodge, y'all! Like, here we go!" Like, um, and it, and then it cuts to a Seerfyn-Inkermont. And I also I love how this episode you've got this like weird juxtaposition between like basically a gay orgy scene and a very serious discussion of plot.
0: Like,
1: yeah.
2: Just going back and forth. I-, I love it. It's it ridiculous. Yeah, because
1: they both just contrast off each other so well. It makes the serious scene look so much more serious. And the fucking insane scene even more insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: exactly. And, and this is gold comedy in a nutshell. Like, this highlights what is amazing about gold comedy. <laughs> you get this raunchy, ridiculous bullshit that you love. And you also get, like, the good plot. Like, all <laughs> in one of them. For sure. All wrapped in one show. So, anyway... Asirpa asks Inkermont if Inkermont hates her father. And Inkermont's like, I don't. I've always been on your and your father's side. But Asirpa clearly doesn't believe her and thinks Inkermont is lying. Inkermont says the man in prison, no Parabo, isn't her father. And that her father, Wilk, wasn't the kind of man who could kill Ainu and steal their gold. So it becomes clear as she's talking about him. Like, this bitch is in love with Asirpa's father. Like, she loves him. Mm. Because yeah. she's like, I. when I met your father, he was a new immigrant. And he's half Polish, half Ainu. From this area called, like, Sakhalin. Yeah. Which is kind of like a place where, where people, like, different minorities that are opposing the Tsar, uh, like, in Russia, live and kind of fought against the Tsar for their freedom. Um, and so he fought in a war against the czar down there. He had some wounds. He came up to Japan, Japan, and like was recovering from his wounds there. And then, from what Inkermat tells him about how awesome like the culture is in Japan is like he grows to love it there and decides to stay. Um, and Asterix is really angry at this description because. Like, her father never told her about Inkermont, and he always said that he learned all this stuff from her mom. So, like, the idea that he actually learned it from Incremont is really upsetting to her. And at this point, I'm not going to lie, I thought, like, Incremont was going to turn to her and have, like, a Star Wars moment and be like... Sirfa. I am your mother. Didn't you think that for a second?
0: Oh, you, you know what? I didn't think that at the time, but that totally could have happened.
1: I thought it too because if you remember, they just said uh, Asirpa's mother got sick and died. Have they been lying to her this whole time? Could be exactly,
2: but yeah. but of course that that's not. I, that would have been like much more of an epic plot twist. But instead, she cries and says. I guess to Wilk I was still a child. Maybe he forgot about me. It's all dramatic, and I'm like, ah, plot plot twist ruined. But anyway, so she says uh, Wilk was murdered by Kioranke. Da-da-da! And then they go back to the lodge, where Kioranke is currently, like, sweating it up and being <laughs> like, ooh, y'all look sexy. <laughs> and, uh... He's like, yeah, I'm glad I met up with you guys right before this locust swarm went down. Because then I got to see all, how y'all sexy, sexy backs look in this uh, firelight or whatever.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, And of course, uh, Ogata just continues to look dead inside because he's a psychopath. I just love like the his looks throughout <laughs> this whole thing. Um, and then finally, Sugimoto says he can't take it anymore. And he takes off all his clothes and declares they should... All plays sumo.
0: My god.
2: And okay, I'm not gonna say they had gay sex, but like there's a very awkward when, scene. When they
1: literally crawled out of that fucking place, they still had their whatever you call those underwear belt things on. I can't remember. Yeah,
2: I mean, but but it, but do any of us believe that sumo is all that happened? <laughs> there well, was... a lot of.
0: Body against body. I don't know. <laughs> some things went down. That was like a bara manga. That was like yeah. <laughs> it was ridiculous.
2: That that really was a bara. Like that. That's what it reminded me of. Uh, yeah. <laughs> some of the bara I've watched of like uh, some sports shows. sort what of it reminded me of. Um, but yeah. So this orgy may may or may not have happened. There's like a very awkward little um, shot take scene of like them all wrestling sweatily. And then they all lay naked, just panting for a while, just soaking in the afterglow of of whatever occurred. Leave it up to your imagination. Yes. Uh, And then they walk out and say, let's agree to, to act like this never happened. So I'm just saying they have nothing to be embarrassed about. They wouldn't have that exchange. So, you know. Uh, and then later Tanigaki gets woken up by Inkermont, who basically he's like I'm gonna go to bone town with you tonight we'll blame it on <laughs> the he, seal
1: meat blame it on the seal <laughs> yeah, bl- yeah.
2: blame it on the meat baby um, but he, he seems kind of into it but he has this weird like Thing where he looks at his gun for a second, so, and I'm so like, this,
0: he, this, "I know, this, I did. No, this is like my favorite thing. Like, <laughs> he looks at the gun because he's like embarrassed that Nihei's gun is like watching this happen, and he pulls his shirt oh. over the gun so the gun doesn't have to see it.
3: <laughs> it was like, is that what he best. was? Because I
2: was like, "What the fuck is he doing? Why does he?
1: It's, uh, okay. it's funny. That makes sense. It was hilarious.
2: <laughs> oh my goodness! But yeah, later later on, the group all meets up, and Asirfa's like. Did you kill my father, K? Kronke? And Kronk is like, oh! da da da, and it's all very dramatic. Mm-hmm. And and like, um, Inkermont's like, I got these fingerprints, and they match the fingerprints I got off you at the at the horse race, and like that means you did it. And I, I'm like, okay, fingerprints in the 1800s is total bullshit. Like that's that was not a thing. That, that seems
0: yeah, I don't know.
2: <laughs> that's not at all a thing. But okay, if you want to make it that way for the plot. Um and then she, Ingram, and then Inkermon acknowledges that she got the fingerprints from Sarumi though. So Tanagaki's basically like Sarumi just wants you all to kill each other. Let's all just like think about this for a minute before we go any further. Because basically now it's Inkermont versus uh, Kiranke. Because like one of them, e- either Kiranke killed a father or Inkermont like is lying. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. something's going on. Um, and Sh- Shirashi's like, oh, so basically at this point they're like, okay, Shirashi, did Nopera really have blue eyes? Because if he had blue eyes, he could have been a Sirpa's father. But if he didn't, then he couldn't have been. Which I would argue, I mean, genetically, I don't know. I mean, (laughs) you know. Yeah. Um, But I guess it would be a clue. And Shirashi's kind of like, I'm not sure because he has no face, so I tried never to look at his face too closely. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that was interesting. So that didn't work. Yeah. And then the shot. uh, Okay, there's a shot, like, where Tanagaki's like, did you sleep with me because, because, like, you wanted protection or whatever? (laughs) Yeah. And uh, Anchor like, no, what happened was just because of the otter. And, like, he has this face yeah. for a second that he makes. And he's, he just says, sea otter. Sea otter. And, like, with the face. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Someone <laughs> needs to make that a meme as well.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, but, yeah, at this point, um, sure, she basically is like, well, but our, our goal hasn't changed. Like, we still have to meet No parabo. No Perabo and we won't know the truth until we do um so it doesn't matter at this point we're still doing the same thing we're still going towards the same thing and sugimoto's like and you know what if either inkermot or kiranke just mysteriously dies during the journey i'll kill the other one just for good measure since like that's i mean let's be real if one of you just mysteriously dies the other one probably murdered them so I'll I'll take care of that. Ha, ha, ha. It's not a funny joke,
1: but yeah. isn't a joke. Because the look not. on their faces is pretty funny because they're like truly a little bit worried about that. <laughs> well, Ikramad is like yeah. smiling, like
2: "yup."
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yeah, so then later on, there's a scene at the prison where No Parabo is being held, and apparently, like all the guards know to stay away from him. And there's a new guard who's warned about this. And then we learn that the new guard is like a spy that works for the seventh. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other guards find out pretty, pretty quickly that he's a spy. And, and the new guard is like told to let the prisoners kill him since he's a spy. Um, but it doesn't work out. And like the new guy just kills all the prisoners they send after him instead. Yeah. And the guard's kind of like, well, fuck this shit. I'm done. I- I'm not fucking with this. And, like, runs away and tells, like, the the um, warden of the prison, like, oh, I killed the guy after he killed the prisoners. Don't worry. I'll just report him missing. And I'm like, that's that's some sly shit. That way you don't have to get in trouble for uh, not killing him. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you find out that this new spy who works for the Seventh is also in love with Surumi. Which, of course, because everyone's fucking in love with Surumi, apparently. hmm
1: Oh, boy. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So, like, uh, when Inkermott told Aserpa that Kiriranke killed her father, um, and then he, like, shows up, and that was, like, a really telling moment, because Inkermott, when she sees that Kiraranke is, like, there, like, panics for a second. And I was like, all right, she's a liar. She's lying about this shit. Mm.
2: Um, I don't know. I mean, she might have panicked because she thinks he's going to kill them all.
0: I guess so. It doesn't but mean
2: she's a liar.
0: I think this is all calculated, though. Like, I think her sleeping with Tanigaki is also calculated. Uh, like, I think Leo said, like, potentially to protect herself is like they say it at one point in the show. Um, like, I, I just think she's such a conniving character. I do not trust her at all. Uh, and I think she's trying think she to can- do something by, like, lying to Aserpa about who
1: killed her father. I don't think we think really know her some, true motive yet. We don't. I think that's yeah. what yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. there's
2: some calculation there. I don't think she's telling the whole truth. I think we'll find out she's lying about something. But I also think that she does have genuine feelings for Tanigaki based on some of the embarrassment and stuff we see. I don't think all of it's faked.
0: Yeah, and then she gets confident again when she goes into the, the fingerprinting thing, which actually, this is like the early 1900s because like the Russo-Japanese War like,
1: Ended okay. in like 1905. Well, the first time they started like filing it for criminals was 1892. Yeah, so. but like
0: she doesn't yeah. have to file it if she can like compare the fingerprint to another fingerprint. Well, but like you if know. you
2: look at two fingerprints on a piece of paper, are you really gonna be able to be like, "Yep, that's <laughs> yeah, the exact right. same also, one"? Also, the other thing like, is that no, like,
0: she—they she, say she got this information through like Lieutenant Sarumi, who's like the only one who would have had access to that blade. So it's like, yeah, of course I don't trust this. Like, who would trust
1: this? well Um, the way that works Kat is then you do it on a you lay that over another fingerprint of theirs and that's how you match them up like you didn't I I I remember doing this in elementary school like they showed us how they actually did it oh I remember that too yeah I don't know yeah. why they had. Do you think they just I'm did just, that just to get saying, our fingerprints
0: in elementary school, Leo? Probably.
2: <laughs> probably. It's all, it's all calculated. They all have our. Well, it's just like how they're all they're all trying to get our DNA with those DNA kits. Now they're like, "Ooh, you're gonna find out fun things about yourself," and secretly they're just filing it all.
0: Also, in that there's a like brief after-credit scene uh, where this like badass-looking guy shows up, and I was like. I wonder if this is a Syrupus father. I feel like we're going to keep me and people. I'm going to be like, I wonder if this is a Syrupus father. It's going to happen a lot. She's just be-
2: going on the daddy tour. Yeah. Like, are you in my the, father? Are yeah. you my father?
1: And then in the end, becomes like, am I a Syrupus father? Am I a circus? Yeah. I just ate some 700 it, it was
2: become all along. <laughs> oh,
1: oh man. oh, man. All right. So,
0: so let's, let's move on to the wind right. with the running. The, the wind with the running, the running yeah. with
1: the wind. Yes. So, Exactly. Unfortunately, we're only on episode eight of twenty-three. God, I hope. This <laughs> oh, is shut the, way scary the fuck you up, are. Leo. <laughs> you did it. Just start
2: explaining what happens this episode. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, Kakaru returns to find everybody like having a small after-party when he thinks they should be having a review session. Though most of them think it's a, it's just basically a little bit of both, uh, and they all like congratulate Kakaru because he like did so well, and and then they all get kind of bummed out because they all feel like you know they were losers in the race. Uh, but then like Yuki hero, like reminds them it's more about their time since their real goal is to qualify at the Hakone Ikiden qualifier, uh, which that doesn't really help too much since, uh, Kakuru and Haiji are the only two with good enough time so far. Right. And this, I got kind of lost on this part. Kakuru says to Haiji that they can make it, but he's mad when he says it. I was like, what? I, I don't know the route that we're going with this.
0: He seems to be, like, all gung-ho and serious now since, like, uh, the guy at the race, like, Fujioka, like, kind of, like, said, like, you're going for the Hakone, aren't you? And now he's even more serious and even more pissed at everybody. I don't know. Cocker is kind of just a little shit, and he needs to get over it.
1: It's so annoying (laughs) at this point. So, tells everybody that's true, and they will be practicing more come tomorrow. And at this point, I think he's just a a serial killer, and this is his, like, fucked-up way of trying to kill people. (laughs) Which (laughs) which I'm starting to agree. Like he is just a madman. I mean, that explains like his weird positive attitude, you know, that really happy vibe. (laughs) Um, And then like Kakaro leaves the uh, room and Akihiro follows him and tries to, you know, help cool him down a little bit. And they end up talking about when Akihiro was in high school and his coach. like So he ran. I don't remember if they said it before. Told him to stop running because he doesn't really have a body built for long distance. And he kind of has he has a bigger frame person. Tell me about it mm-hmm <laughs> yeah. But he, not all of us can be 6'2. Uh, <laughs> but he loved that feeling he got as, like, when they were lining up just before the race to start. And then Cocker is like, well, then you should keep running then. And Yuki Hiro is like in the hallway and he overhears it. And, like, it looks like to me like he just lost his last of his resolve to keep fighting the running thing since like Akihiro was kinda his only last ally. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Like, and then like later on you see he's like he's like, fuck it. Might as well be serious. Yeah. 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 And the next day at practice, Kakuru and Akihiro uh decided to like practice at their own pace. So they they set off ahead. And like they're doing it so they can kind of improve themselves. But this is it throughout the episode it turns out to be working against them. Yes. Uh then that evening Prince is like shopping for a treadmill so he can at least read manga as he runs and I thought the rest of the scene was stupid but I'm sure you you two thought it was funny
0: it was alright like the guys in the room actually I really didn't care too much about that scene I did care about how expensive the treadmills are because goddamn, they're so expensive they are expensive
2: they really are like also I'm not really sure why Prince is so obsessed with getting a treadmill so like, he can read manga while he runs that's, that's well, all like, the
1: motivation he needs <laughs> <laughs>
2: But, but like he can't just keep running all the time like like we've already discussed this it's not going to help him to run 24 hours a day like it's not going to make him better oh, it's just gonna well, make you him need weaker.
1: to have a sit down with Hygie because no. he's, oh not, he's not done this episode
0: yet No, you see Kat it's easy well, if, if you just run while reading manga on a treadmill for two weeks you will clearly cut 15 minutes off of your 5k time like it's so easy uh-huh. like, you just got
2: to do it <laughs> Of course. Okay. Well, and also, it Prince are already looks like a zombie. Like, like later on when he's doing the run while, while everyone else is running past him, he legit looks like a zombie.
1: Yeah, his, his like form he's is his so bad, out. like, it has to be hurting him physically. So has I was, to.
0: I was briefly encouraged, though, when he, like, accidentally got on the treadmill later in this episode. Sorry, Leo. And, like, he actually <laughs> started running, like, kind of fast. Like, because he was just... Not used to it, and I was like, "Huh, maybe there's yeah, something and they were here. like,
1: "We've never seen him run this fast." Exactly. <laughs> uh, so into the next scene, I was like, oh, "We're gonna nope." Uh, I like that Yuki Hero brings up the fact at the ne- the next practice that they don't want to do too much and <laughs> injure themselves. <laughs> so what does Hygie do? He has them do interval runs in between the build up runs because the build up runs are apparently hard on your joints. And where the fuck is he getting this logic? <laughs>
2: it was so ridiculous. It's crazy.
0: His, was like, <laughs> his
1: answer to preventing injuries was more running. I'm like, you are no.
0: <laughs> Who wrote this? I, like, On one hand, I was glad that the show was finally acknowledging that this is like a ridiculous plan and like you can, It was you- a trick. <laughs> and, yeah. And then Hygie's just like, okay, let's just have more running then. <laughs> it's like, no. No,
2: that's not how this works.
1: It it doesn't make any sense. Just look into Haji's eyes with that smile. Yeah, he's trying to (laughs) kill him. He's definitely trying to kill him. He just wants
2: them all to die. That's really what it is. He's a murderer. He's like the demon
1: of hell or something. Like I love it. Like uh, Some anime actually got me inspired a long time ago to work out and stuff. That was... uh, uh, Kenichi, The Mightiest Disciple, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. So, like, this, this kind of scares me because I don't want to see somebody get, like, oh, right. a- inspired by it. And then because they're not, they don't really know what they're doing, they just go way too hard. And then they well, just Well, I will say... Over
2: the attitude that this anime takes towards running is a good one that like anyone can run and you don't have to run just because you're the best runner. You can run and not be the best and still get a lot out of it. Right. Like, I think that's what they're trying to say with Nico. Yeah. So I do, I do think you can get something from it. It's just like, be aware that the amount (laughs) that they are exercising for this is not advisable in any way. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It Turns out, like, Kakaru is like edging Hygie on by getting on everybody when they start to like tire. And you could hear thinks it's unsafe again, like, that, like, stick with it or not. Uh, Kakuru goes out for his night run, and, and of all people to tell him to rest that resting is good, it's Hygie. <laughs> <Fuck> this guy
3: <laughs>
1: so ridiculous. You need I was like, rest, I know Kakuru. it's like Hygie,
2: I don't even know what you want, like, I don't know. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so um, oh, Prince also ends up getting a treadmill because it's king, right? Yeah, his parents had one. Yeah,
0: okay, king, or is his it parents king or Shindo, had... I don't remember, is one of them.
1: Uh okay, whatever. But their Shindo. parents regardless had just had like a treadmill sitting in the shed and they were going to throw it away. So they had it shipped to him which was probably pretty expensive. Uh,
2: Yeah, to get it shipped. That's probably very expensive.
1: And we know that Akihiro is kind of having a body image thing right now. And so he's like kind of skipping out on his food to try and lose some more weight. But when you're like, well, I mean, even if you were doing half of what they're doing when you're trying to build muscle and endurance, skipping out is one of the damn worst things you can do. Your body really needs that energy at this point. So, like, and then like you kind of see this at next practice says, Kakuru blows up on Hanako because he got the same time as two weeks ago. And like, he blames her for not timing him correctly. And then, like, Haji's like, hey, leave her alone. Uh, (laughs) At least he says
0: he's sorry. Like, if he had not said that, I would have been even more pissed at him. But
1: yeah. yeah. And then, like, Hanako's like, okay, you're whatever. Yeah. But then, like, back at the house, Haji tells Kakuru that he's not running in the next meet because he already has a qualifying time. But like, Kakuru wants to set a record or something like that. He's just like obsessed at this point hi G's like eventually yells at him because uh kakaru thinks like the team's just half-assing it and he's like you're a dumbass if you think this te- people on the team are half-assing it and then like that's when prince comes down for some water and interrupts them mm-hmm. and like Kaku goes to leave and he looks at prince and he goes if your time does not improve from the last time uh will you quit the team and then there's like kind of a pause and he's like for at least their sake, and I was like, "Ouch, fuck, dude." <laughs> yeah. I know,
2: like I-, I was just thinking to myself, like, D- "You need to shut your mouth, cocker Like you, you're taking it too far.
1: He's like, that cock in his mouth, too fucking
2: <laughs> I love
1: Can't it. Shut it. Oh my god. He
2: really does. He always has to have a cock in his mouth. Oh, <laughs> oh
0: my
1: man. god, guys. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so, he, always,
2: he always does. He always says something shitty.
0: Yeah, it's true. I I also I. I agree. He's being a dick. At the same time, somebody kind of need to say that to Prince because, like, how is this going to happen? Like, he needs to start improving drastically if he's going to be a part of this team, uh, or yeah. else he's just going to have to face the perspective of like quitting because they're not going to make it with him if he's running thirty-minute five Ks. So, are, are they going to learn have 5Ks like the- would be? an
1: improvement become <laughs> true that it would yeah. improve? <laughs>
2: Are they going to have the, like, let's get down to business, like, song for Prince next Maybe. episode? Is that what's going to happen? What like, manga you know, the is Wu-Lang he going to read
0: song? that's going to, like, inspire
1: him to, to run yeah. faster? I wonder. To
2: defeat the 5K. <laughs> da, 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 da. Oh, I,
1: we Over that the the not-so-funny scene that was all comedy, there was that part that you liked, become where he was talking about the, uh, the manga. F-
0: oh. Uh, wait, which part? I don't remember
1: this. <laughs> yeah, he, he was. Uh, it was like a a boxing one, and he said he was just really happy because he. Cause, oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah they, Akihiro um, quit smoking, and he yes. likened it to who who Rikishi from Ashino no Joe, not drinking yeah, water. Stopped drinking yeah, stop drinking water, so they get down in a weight class. And I'm like, that's actually a real thing in wrestling. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, for sure. But, like,
0: yeah. I think in Ashino no Joe, Rikishi does not do so well in that fight. I won't spoil, but like, it did not go well, well for him not out, drinking water.
2: <laughs> when, when you're not when you're dehydrated, you don't perform very well. well yeah. Turns out.
1: They, turns in out. this episode, they said he died. So <laughs> Yeah,
0: I, they do say he died in the episode, so I guess.
1: <laughs> Spoilers run with the wind. What the fuck? Um,
0: <laughs> s- Spoiling other shit. <laughs> I also like there was like a throwaway line where uh, King all of a sudden got really into the running. Uh, because he went to an interview and he mentioned the Hakone Ekiden and they really liked it. And so I was like, oh, we kind of talked about that like, a couple weeks ago. Like maybe this will good, look good on King's resume. And it, like it already is like even just oh, in wait, interviews. King's
1: the guy who's trying to get the jobs, right? Yeah, he's like the big guy he's, with the buzz cut. Okay, yeah. that, then I was wrong. It wasn't King. It was Pooh's Shindo's parents. parents. Yeah, yeah, Shindo's. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, who had the treadmill. Yeah. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, takeaway from this episode is Hygie is a madman who's trying to kill everybody else for sure. Definitely, <laughs> That's my take. <laughs> 100%. Uh, but yep. maybe Haiji just a rascal who needs a bunny girl to set him straight.
2: Right, Kat? <laughs> exactly. All right. So next we got episode 8 of 13. Bunny girl sensei, wash it all away on a stormy night. All right. <laughs> So, the episode starts out and Futaba is making curry at Sakuta's house. I guess because she's still there. And, like, later she, like, bathes and Sakuta's, like, talking to her again through the door. Like, this has become a thing somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, so, she talks about how she did make the account earlier. Like I thought. Yes.
0: Yeah, you were right. 100%. But then,
2: yeah. But then didn't know what to write. And so, then she's like, well, I just wanted attention. And so, I started taking the pictures and it's like an inferiority complex almost for her because she, she like, hates her body and she hates how guys look at her. But she also has been using it. And it's like a, it's a contradiction, right? Mm-hmm. So she just feels terrible about it but continues to do it. She feeds and it's off of it at the same
0: this, time as hating it, yeah.
2: Yeah, and, and it's caused this adolescent syndrome. And you kind of see that, like, when, anytime, like, uh, Sakuta encourages her to show off... She's like, no, and she's disgusted. Mm-hmm. But, like, obviously part of her still wants to do something with it. It's it's an interesting little thing she's got going on. Um, so he kind of asks her, like, what do you want to do? And she says, like, she would like the other her to stop. And Sakuta promises to talk to the other her about it. So at the same time, Mai and Sakuta have the conversation that like that was foreshadowed before Mm -hmm. about like oh we have to talk and you find out that maya's agency has ordered her not to date and told her that she cannot see sakura privately (laughs) um and she's like i haven't decided what to do yet because it's a problem for both of us so we should decide together good couple's
1: as they do. There you go. In private, in his home, I was <laughs> like, "What?" Yes. What does Sakuto say? He
0: says, "We can take a strategic retreat from our relationship, so you can be a model student for your agency." My, look what a what a nice boyfriend cat! What a good guy this
2: guy is. <laughs> I mean, no, because then he gets to hang out with other girls and half date them while still saying, like, oh, I'm still kind of dating you, it benefits him, Become He's a model boyfriend.
0: I know, I know. For this? I'm, I'm being somewhat sarcastic, but they kind of present him as being, like, oh, such a nice
2: guy in this moment. He, this it's guy like, is, like, a, secretly a terrible boyfriend. <laughs> like, he's a nice person. He's one of these people who's a nice person, but a terrible boyfriend. You ever known people like that? you just, you're just has- like, you're a good friend. I would never date you. (laughs)
0: Yeah, he just has so much to give. You know, he's just Uh so much of him to give to everyone. So
2: can't Uh hold him down. Sure, you can't. You can't just. Yeah, no, it's (laughs) terrible. But um, so so like, all right, if that's what you want. Uh, And then Sakuto sees the other Futaba and is like, hey, I'm kind of single. I'm gonna hang out with you, and um she kind of basically says what the uh, the original Futaba says that she hates who she is mm-hmm. and she says Sakuta should give up on both of them and that the world doesn't need two Futabas um, and Sakuta asks the original like the the original Futaba later when he sees her at his house if she can't think of a way to return to one person and she says that now that they're having different experiences and memories like she really doubts that they can return to being one person Person,
1: mm-hmm.
2: which is interesting, um, and then the next day at school, the other Futaba like has this scene where she fans Kunimi after he, he's running track.
0: Yeah,
2: um, so, which is interesting. Um, and then later she gets texted, like on her on the other account where she posts the sexy pictures from a guy saying he recognizes her uniform. And wants to hang out with her, which is like, I wanna fuck you. Yeah. Come meet up with me. And and if she doesn't, he'll tell the school. And honestly, I don't even know why she freaks out, because she does. Like she freaks out a lot. And I'm like, there is no fucking nudity in these pictures. You are fine. What's he gonna be like? Oh, you posted a picture of your torso in a uniform that's slightly sexy. Like there is nothing wrong with these pictures.
1: Stupid school policy, like The ones where, like, they can't have jobs and stuff like that. Probably some code of conduct bullshit. Yeah.
2: But she's not even going to get in that much trouble. Like, I don't know why she freaks out so fucking much. Like... God damn. Well, it's also because that she, you would think she that hates she's like,
0: that guys see her this way. Like, she talks about them like the monkey guys that react <laughs> to her mature body that matured before all the other girls. And, like, she hates how they look at her. And this is just, like, a very aggressive moment of that, you know? So I think that's part of why she freaks out as well.
2: I'm just saying, it's not like she's on a stripper pole with, like, floss <laughs> bands on. No,
0: mm-hmm. she's not. I mean... They'll wait Come for on. the OVAs,
2: so, baby. Woo. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> So Sakuta grabs the phone while Futaba just flips her shit and he's like, I'm calling the police and he texts that to the guy and Futaba's like, Sakuta, delete my account. I can't do it. And then she gets really fucking clingy with Sakuta, like grabbing him and basically acting like a little baby and is like, I want you to stay over tonight because I can't be alone and i guess her parents are out and i also guess she's rich we didn't know that before i'm guessing her parents are gone a lot which is why she wasn't used to eating with people yeah um and this bitch is fucking clingy (laughs) that day like holy shit like calm your tits girl like she's taking a bath and she's like are you still there are you still, I'm like, bitch, you can see his outline right there.
0: Okay, I Through read this as glass. she was afraid of, like, this guy who tweeted her, like, coming and uh, finding her. That's how I read that.
2: She, She's afraid of some guy who doesn't even know who she is. Come, come on, girl. I, I, I took her as a stronger bitch than this. That's all I'm saying. Maybe. I was a little disappointed in Futaba because I like her a lot as a character. Mm-hmm. And I was like, come on, girl. You you can get a little bit more of a stiff lip here. <laughs> um, but I don't know. So she gets really insecure and like he, she sleeps on the couch with him on the floor. And later they wake up and she talks about how she's been really insecure since she started high school. And Sakuta calls Kunimi and says, like, oh, Futaba's in trouble. You should come, and Kunimi like bikes over in the middle of the night, and Futaba just cries like seeing that he's done that for her. Like it really touches her that he did that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and they get drinks and like fire sparkler things. You know those like wands that you set one end on fire. We've
1: all seen an, like, Seen a, 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 like an uh, idiot romance anime. You're like are did the best. Yeah, <laughs> they're in every Honestly, single one. Honestly, I think these
2: fucking these fire sparkler things. Like okay, I never understood them when I was like thirteen. <laughs> yeah, it's me too. literally just—it's literally just a light on the end of a stick. It's not special. It's not interesting. Well, obviously,
1: you I guys weren't understand. waving it around because when you wave it around, it leaves a trace through the air. Well, Make maybe if you're H. like high. Mm-hmm.
2: Maybe if you've like ingested a lot of cocaine or something, it's interesting. <laughs> I don't know.
1: It probably but work like, for you right now, cat. Yeah. You maybe.
2: <laughs> maybe. But I'm just saying if you're just sitting there waving it around like it can't be that interesting. It's for I, I don't even camp. understand <laughs> yeah. I don't even understand how a five year old finds it interesting. Ooh, fire. Like it's it's dumb. But anyway, they buy these and they do the dumb thing that all anime do with them. <laughs> and then um and then Kunimi's and then like Kunimi's like, I wondered what was going on at first when I came over. But when I saw you crying, I didn't care anymore and I didn't bother to ask. And I'm like, okay. so apparently like he really cares about her. Are we supposed to be happy that he really cares about her or like worried for his emotional infidelity? Like, I don't know what's going on here. Um.
0: (laughs) I think we're supposed to be happy that he's a nice person, I think. I don't know.
2: Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, in the end, it doesn't go anywhere. But I'm kind of like, this is a weird thing. Yeah. Um, he comes home the next day. Like, Futaba, or Sakuta comes home the next day to the other Futaba, like the OG one. Because he's been out with the new <laughs> one all night with Kunimi. So he goes to sleep and the OG one sees the screensaver of the new one and Sakuta and Kunimi. Like, hanging out on the beach at night, and she's like really upset and like really crushed by this. And he, when uh, Sakuto wakes up, he finds out that Futaba went shopping and she's left her phone behind and has gone like AWOL basically. And Sakuto's like, Fuck! and goes to the, the new Futaba and is like, Oh shit, is she here? And Futaba's like, Nope, she's not here, and we are not the same person yet. And she gives it, like, she kind of is like, I would go here if I was her. Yeah. And the place that she tells him is the school. So you see, like, a shot of Sakuta driving his bike in the rain mm-hmm. to see her there. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: Like like a romance novel or some bullshit. Hold on. I'm going to tear and this then, down
1: as soon as you get through this.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then Futaba says, like... I'm going to disappear right in this classroom and the other me is better than me and I just want to die and that picture hurt me and boo-hoo and acts like a big old bitch again. Um, and he kind of like blows off her reaction is like, well, but you and you and Kunimi and me should should like meet next week at the beach and we'll do the same thing the new you and, and us did. And I'll we'll be fine. And, like, he turns around and just passes out. Because, I guess, oh, he, all the rain just exhausted
1: him. Okay, and I'm so, like,
2: that would not happen.
1: Okay, okay, so this is nothing new in anime. Like, the guy doing something for the girl where he had to, like, do some physical exertion, usually against the elements or something. And then, like, he's seen as a heroic but passes out from it. But I'm calling complete bullshit on this one. Because Sakata rode his bike. Okay, in the rain. Okay, with the wind. Okay, during August. <laughs> <laughs> no, if we Leo, take that, yeah, it's
2: not that cold. If, if that we take killer
0: that Japanese rain, it's, he's probably in Fukushima. <laughs> it's like radioactive rain.
1: Yeah. So by that logic, if he swims a couple of laps in a lukewarm pool, he's going to pass out. Oh no, yeah, he's going to die. Absolutely. Jeez. I don't know how all the well, characters also, in 3 haven't died yet. They touched water. Also,
2: Futaba also went through the rain to get there. Right. So, like, she's okay somehow.
1: <laughs> Maybe she had a casual walk. Like, I'm saying if so- Sakuto was in Run with the Wind, he's dead for oh, sure. Oh, no, He's dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rest Pretty <in> much. Peace.
2: <laughs> oh, my gosh. But yeah, so I don't know. Okay, so he wakes up he, in the hospital. Mai is there. Fudava's in the waiting room. He goes to see Fudava in the waiting room. Which is miraculously empty, except the two of them. Which, in a hospital, would not happen. (laughs) True. The waiting room is never empty. All right. Uh, Futaba, like the original Futaba, wants to see the fireworks, too. She's really upset, and she calls herself, Mm -hmm. like the other Futaba, and -hmm. tells her, like, I want to see the fireworks together, and then disappears. So I guess she turns back into one person. But I thought it was really interesting that the OG one is the one who disappears, not yeah. not the the new one. Like, what did you guys take that as?
0: Well, I do think that they basically came to an understanding. Like, I think the reason they joined back together is because both of them wanted the same thing at the same time, uh, and they yeah. they kind of like accepted each other's like wants and desires. I also thought it looked so much like that scene in the matrix where trinity like, oh, goes, goes back <laughs> exits the matrix and the phone falls so i was like oh my god she's in the matrix sakata is neo <laughs> 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 so that was my new nice. theory my i, new fan I theory. didn't
1: really read into it i just kind of i mean it made sense for like a dramatic effect and then also like the other food was at their home so i, I don't know that's just, that just kind of made sense to me mm-hmm yeah, I kind of
2: took it as like the new one is like her the way that she wants to change and like the difference the the ways that she's changing as a person well she, yeah she's kind like of reinvented herself one. now
1: so it would make sense yeah, she went and the to the OG new one the OG
2: one is, is kind of like the way she used to be so it makes sense like she's moved to, more towards the new one I don't know. Yeah, and the it's new one had though.
0: kind of already reconciled, like, out at the beach with Kunimi and Sakata. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think they both kind yeah. of approached each other from different uh, directions. And so, I don't think she's, like, completely, like, giving up on her old self. I think she's just, like, they're both growing towards each other. Uh, and yeah, going I mean, because
2: you see, like, her, like, reconciled with herself later. And she does have the glasses. So, like, she still has, she's not t- completely just turned into the new her. But, like, I think she's leaned more towards that is my point. I think that's why that one disappeared. The OG one. Yeah. Yeah. So, at the very end, you see the reconciled Futaba going to the fireworks with the two of them in a yukitara. Like, finally reconciled. Like, yes, I'm a sexy person. Like, I can wear a yukitara. Um, which I, I liked. And she she does tell Kunimi how she feels at the fireworks show. But is like, you don't have to say anything because I know... But that's not going to work out. I just want to tell you. And then she tells him to make up with his girlfriend later. And like, he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. And like, she cries a little and it's, it's interesting. It's a good, it's a good way to end the, the episode. Yeah. I think so. Yeah.
0: Um, my favorite scene in this episode is when Sockets is sleeping and his cats walk on his face. It's a great scene. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's like, well <Wow>.
0: yeah, relatable. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> break time, guys? All right. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, time for break. sure. We'll let Kat rest her voice while we let some of our fellow <laughs> podcasters talk for a little bit. We'll be right back.
2: All right. We'll see
3: you. Hi, I'm JD, your host of the Red Leaf Retrocast, your best location to learn, remember, and relive the past to the present. Our podcast has four shows for you to listen to between retro gaming modern gaming anime and even wrestling the retro gaming cast covers discussion topics and each episode we discuss retro games picked based on a decided theme for that episode ranging from space all the way to console specials like the old handheld game boy our modern gaming cast is monthly and covers video game titles that were released in that previous month each anime cast, we focus to review a retro anime each and every episode, like the original Mobile Suit Gundam to the racing hit Initial D. But that's not all. We also keep up with the seasonal shows, by occasionally doing impressions and reviews as well. Finally, our last show is about wrestling, where we keep the rising indie scene up to date, while also covering shows from the bigger promotions like Ring of Honor, New Japan, and WWE, so we cover it all. We also cover a retired wrestler every episode in what we call the Wrestler Spotlight and are currently on a quest covering old WCW Thunder episodes from the late 90s, every cast. So if any one of those casts sound like something you'd like to check out, that's the Red Leaf Retrocast Gaming, Anime, and Wrestling, found at iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, and all your favorite podcasting sites. Also you can learn, remember and relive the past to the present. We can't wait to see you soon.
0: Warning: The following clip may contain descriptions of explicit behavior conducted by b-boys.
1: Now, that's not to say he didn't get physical. Quite the opposite, in fact. Our boy Kent was researching all the ways to please a woman. Pulled his lever. And he put some <laughs> of that learning into effect, if you know what I mean. Let me give you a scene from the show that I really quite liked. My research shows that women find it pleasurable if men place their fingers here, then apply some pressure and begin to rub that area. <laughs> Do you enjoy that? Is it giving you pleasure? Please respond. I need verbal... <laughs> <laughs> Please respond. <laughs> i got to get this out. i got to get this out. Get it out. Please respond. I need verbal confirmation that this is something that you enjoy. <laughs> Heroin Sadie tells him that it's hurting her as he's rubbing her too vigorously. Ow. Despondent Ken removes his fingers and looks at them. Perhaps I applied too much pressure. Don't worry, Kent. Head pats are difficult to master. <laughs> <laughs> And that was
0: Yatta from the Reanimator Pod. If you want to hear more, you can check out our website. That's R-E-N-M-A-T-O-R-P-O-D dot com. We release new episodes every Monday.
1: Don't drop that. Hey, don't drop that.
3: And here's another tasty morsel from the Trash Pandas Watch Anime Podcast. Some,
1: some fan service? Yeah. I mean, it worked pretty well in Dragon Ball. Do you remember those scenes with
3: Bulma? Bulma was running around in a bunny outfit for the longest time. I know. Akira (laughs) Toriyama. We can get the Dragon Balls, and then we can make our wish. Bulma's
1: panties. (laughs) (laughs) Did Ulong
3: wish for Bulma's panties, or did he just wish for a pair of panties? I think it was just a pair of panties. I'm sure it's different in the Japanese than it is in the English dub, but... Yeah, you just wait for panties. They're probably used. As always, you can find us on Facebook and on Twitter at Trash Panda Anime. You can find us on our website, tpwapodcast.com. You can also find us on assorted sites like SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes.
1: We are back. And since Kat has now hopped up on more of her meds and drugs, let's talk about <laughs> another drug, Banana Fish.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Episode- nice transition. Yes, episode twenty, <laughs> the unvanquished. Ah. uh
0: huh.
1: Yes. Yat All right, Lung. we gotta talk about this shit right <laughs> off the gate. <laughs> Let me see the fucking
3: line. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yatlung compares the Corsica Foundation to using the same strategy that the the as a train layer put it, the Jews used to control with money. Yes, I th- this okay. It didn't sit well with you, and I just thought this was. Re- like a really weird line. Yes. it so is weird. I, I started looking up, I was like, okay, well maybe it's something to do with the Chinese mafia. So I was like typing in Chinese mafia and Jews. And what I actually kind of found out was like Jewish, there were these Jewish American mobs and they yes. were a, a, such, such a fucking thing. So at this point I'm like, okay, this makes sense to me. And then also like what they did was primarily like, uh, Bootlegging in 1920s, and then they did like gambling, loan sharking, and bookmarking, which is all big money stuff. So I was like, okay, that he Yatlong's just stating a historical fact at this point. This is what he's talking about. I just think the translator accidentally put Jews, not Jewish American mobs, Apparently. which makes mm-hmm. total w- sense. W- but I
0: wish that was the case. Like I. I thought that was really interesting that you put that together. Like, as I think, I would not have had as much of a problem with it if that was what I felt was actually the case.
1: Right? Because, like I said, because then yeah. he's—it's just a historical fact at this point. So, yeah. But go on.
0: Yeah, I was looking into it. Like, so there's <laughs> hilariously there's this Reddit user named Banana Bone. Yes, that's actually their username. Uh, and like his comment, he's watching, and, he's watching Golden
1: Kamui also.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> His comment in the, the Reddit discussion thread for this episode was, like, regarding the Jewish comments in the party scene, uh, they're directly lifted from the manga, and, like, the manga translation into English changed this to, like, the Rockefellers and the Carnegies, rather than the American Jewish community. Because, uh, like, the original dialogue is probably born of, like, you know, the stereotypes that equate Jews with, like, hoarding mm-hmm. wealth and stuff. And, and I think... um like yeah in the show they say like they're trying to be the corsican foundation is trying to become the next u.s jewish community uh and it's not it's not nuclear power or ideology that rules the world but money that rules things so they're implying that the jews rule the united states because of money and it's just like a very anti-semitic like stereotype of like and also like the biggest problem i have with this by far by the way is that like the corsican foundation of these like pedophile child rapists mafia <laughs> and they're like yeah. they're, they're trying to compare them to like they're the jews. just like
2: the jews and i yeah, was like no. wow
0: banana fish so whatever however you take this it's just a really awkward line to kick off the episode um
1: but yeah, Is it, isn't it literally the first line? <laughs> it's
0: the first fucking line of the episode. And I was like, what? <laughs> I like immediately oh, stopped. I was like, what happened? Oh boy. Anyway.
1: Okay. So um. with that out of the way, uh, they wheel in like a blind ash who eventually gets like pushed around by Blanca and Blanca seems to actually have noticed AG as pretending to be a waiter, but just doesn't, uh, say or do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they all enact their plan, and they storm the place, and they're, like, shooting it up, and AG pulls his gun on Dino, and after much, much hesitation, closes his eyes and shoots him in the shoulder, and as bad as that aim was, he could have easily just shot Ash right in the fucking forehead.
0: Yeah, he closes <laughs> his eyes, like, yeah, really?
1: <laughs> one of the guys even comments, like, how could you be that f- so far off that close? Because he's literally, there's like, there's only a table between them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, and then Ash, like, uses his superpowers from, like that subway one, like he hears like a gun being cocked and pulls, takes the gun from Aiji and turns and shoots the guy, even though he can't fucking see shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, was think it's like, oh, God. Was like,
0: damn, that was ridiculous. I wouldn't want yeah. you to be my enemy.
1: Yeah, and then like at the end, yet Long figures out that Blanca only let him be hired so that he could use the excuse of protecting him to help Ash. So I'm like, okay, Yat Long's figuring shit out, mm-hmm. but. Then everybody takes shelter in, like, an abandoned subway, and one of, like, Sue rens subordinates questions uh, him about, like, helping Ash, who killed Shorter, and, like, then he has to, like, put him in his place by explaining they would end up with, like, another Arthur if they didn't have Ash there running the place downtown, and, like, you know, there'd just be people dying all the time every day, and, like, we just need Ash. I don't know how that really commits. them. they are like, he fucking killed our boss, is what the other dudes basically say. Right. But... Mm -hmm. You're not really convinced, but then like later on, that dude does something like kind of save Suren, so you're like, okay, he bought it, whatever. So Ash and Ag then decide—well, Ag decides—they're going to lay low for the night and hobo it out in the abandoned subway system. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, like when Ash comes around after like taking a nap, he starts yelling at everybody because they're all holed up in the subway, and he knows Blanc is going to figure it out. And shortly after, I thought it was Dino's men, but it was actually. Uh, you lungsmen who uh, show, show up, up and start shooting at them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they end up trying and escaping, and they get headed off at one point. And, like, a few jump in the sewer to try to escape, and Ash and the others, like, find another manhole to go down. But they're still being pursued, so Ash is like, I will distract him and lead him a different way. Then like, A.G. shoves him in the cane, and he's like, "I oh, know, I'll distract him instead, and he runs off. <laughs> And then, like, Kane has to, like, noth- knock Ash out because he's just not cooperating at this point. And, like, he eventually, like, wakes up, tied up in a bed at, at where Kane's hideout is. So they made it out. And uh, mm-hmm. basically, after Ash shows he is not taking no for an answer to go and find A.G., Kane's like, fine. What's the plan, man? Let's do this. <laughs> so Ash intentionally... Gets like notice on the streets and lures Yutlung's men to a museum where he uses darkness and like creepy exhibits to fuck with Yutlung's men uh, and kills a whole bunch of them. God, I wish somebody was keeping a body count right now. For Ash. <laughs> That's so it's like, many, it's like this
0: Night at the Museum. Shit. Like, there's a, it's one like, one like my Night favorite, at the
2: Museum <laughs> horror version. One
0: of my favorite kills. Like Ash is running down the street, right? And he has his like gun under his arm, and he's like shooting into a moving car and like head headshotting these guys. And I'm like, really, Ash? Like, Jesus, so good.
2: <laughs> yeah, oh, no, man. that would not work. Yeah, so then like. Man.
1: Like, some of the men are inside, and he's killed those, but there's still a bunch of the men outside, and, like, so Kane shows up with all his thugs, and they, like, start shooting at Yat-Lung's men, mm-hmm. and then, like, Ash uses this distraction to actually grab Yat-Lung and take him hostage. Uh, but Yat-Lung men... Okay, but ha- the
2: way he does it is kind of dumb. Like, he takes his own braid and, like, wraps it around his, <laughs> yeah. like,
0: neck. Yeah. To,
1: like, strangle him
0: with his own braid. <laughs>
2: Well, he's yeah, also and I'm like, the that would work. <laughs> like, you can't strangle someone with their own braid. You would need to use your hands.
1: Actually, old-time <laughs> like, assassins used to use uh, clumps of uh, human hair because it was so well, strong, and wound together to braid, strangle people. <laughs> but it's a
2: little hard when it's still attached to their fucking head to use it to strangle <laughs> yeah, I think them.
1: That's the problem. Yeah, I, I don't know. Let's, let's let's do some experiments. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's try it out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But, okay, so uh, but Yelong's men have ended up did- capturing Eiji and some of his crew, and they show up with him, and like Ash is like tells Blanca he's like to meet him in the Hall of Ocean of Life, and Blanca like takes Eiji and the other guys with them, and they basically just agree agree to release each other hostages at the same time, and during it, Ash and Blanca like mildly injure each other, like Blanca gets like a a knife into the forearm, and Ash gets like a slightly grazed sh- shoulder but <laughs> fucking yutlong got the worst of it because ash just fucking kicks him down these goddamn stairs <laughs> like, yeah. like eight, that should have fucked you somebody up like yutlong doesn't even have like a bruise i'm like dude that's breaking you something you would be if you swallowing didn't die. your
2: teeth oh you would yeah. be swallowing some teeth
1: it's it's, it's like a brutal yeah. kick like he missed the first 10 steps. He was flying through the air that fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, like
2: so, you would be hurt.
1: Yeah. Uh, so like then outside, Young like runs into Dino who asks why he didn't ask for his help. And like, we know Young doesn't want to play by Dino's rules, but he's like, oh, I wanted to capture him for you. And like, <laughs> I think Dino kind of buys it, but not at the same time. So like, and then that's just the end of that episode. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it was kind of like not a ton of stuff happened. It was just like a bunch of action scenes this episode, I guess.
1: Um yeah, seeing Ash being using his superpowers again.
0: <laughs> I was surprised <laughs> that AG actually did shoot the and pull the trigger, like we predicted last week he would like remain oh, innocent.
1: The- <laughs> Yeah. There's later on, there's another scene where we're in the sewers, and he try to distract him, and he's just shooting the whole clip. <laughs> yeah. Which is apparently a 50 round clip, and his eyes are closed the whole time. And I'm like, you <laughs> fucking jackass.
2: Well, not efficiently, at least. Let's put it that way. He's yeah. still fucking useless, but um, yeah, he did surprise me.
0: The title of this episode, The Unvanquished, is a reference to a William Faulkner novel from 1938. Uh and it centers around the story about like this boy and his friend who is a slave, because uh, it's set in the South. Um, and they become embroiled in like the late stages of the US Civil War and end up in like a lot of violent conflicts, very similar to A. G. and Ash. I think uh Ash is the slave in this instance, basically like trapped because of these people like Dino and everybody. So that's what that's referring to. But yeah. I love all mm. these novel references. I wish I'd been doing this the whole
1: series, but I didn't realize. So, what's interesting about Ash's plan is like he was expecting AG to get captured. I guess. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So I yeah, that still. So. <laughs> that's kind of. I don't know. That's kind of sketchy. Whim to it's go like on kind you know?
2: against uh, Ash's. Yeah. I mean, I guess he I could have, have
1: had a plan B if that, that isn't what happened, but.
0: Yeah, I think so. I don't know. We, we'd have to see it's all just gonna play out in a big whirlwind of stuff i'm not sure i feel like one <laughs> of them is gonna get banana fish probably ash into trump maybe AG into trying to kill the other one in the end and it's gonna be a big dramatic thing but we'll see i'm excited hmm. uh but i'm more excited for Land saga which had a really interesting episode this week go go neverland saga episode eight um so after their miraculous Vocaloid performance at Saga Rock, uh, the girls are kind of riding high on their new popularity, and Kodoro takes this opportunity to have them go on the offensive and start doing a bunch of like local events and concerts, festivals and TV appearances and such. Uh, we then get this scene of like this extremely scary looking and humongous office worker, uh, <laughs> whose name is Takeo Go. We learn later Her, they just go by Go uh, for it's gotta much. Gotta be Yakuza, man. He's huge. He's got a big scar and everything. Scary guy. Uh, he takes an interest in Fran Shu, but specifically in Lily. We're not sure why at first, but he goes to a photo session event and he lines up to speak with her and I like when they're setting up this photo session Kotoro like announces like okay we're all gonna line up and like he kind of quietly says at the end and like and please don't touch the idols <laughs> but like he like adds it on as like oh, don't worry about it whatever
1: <laughs> oh it's really uh, it was really funny to me when the big guy gets in the line and the person at the end of the line has to hold up a sign yeah. that says end of the line and he like taps him on the shoulder and the guy's like oh Jesus Christ <laughs> yeah. and he turns around and just like hands him the sign and he holds it up and it's like wow <laughs> Yeah, so eventually
0: Takeo gets to the front of this line, right? And he can't stop himself. He just grabs Lily by the shoulders. And when I say by the shoulders, I mean by like 50% of her body because his hands are like six feet. I I don't know. They're like three feet (laughs) wide. It's ridiculous. They're huge. Um, and Saki's like, what are you doing? Saki comes and flies over and does this rotating, like rolling Sobot kick, which is, uh, they actually reference it in the anime. It's, it's one of Guile's moves from Street Fighter. I guess Charlie also has this kick, uh, and sends Go like Takeo, flying across the room, uh, which is amazing because he's huge, like we said, um. (laughs) So they kind of get him in the back room and, like, Saki's like, what were you doing? You know you're not to touch the idols. And he says, I'm sorry, but I just couldn't stop myself because I remember this singer named Lily Hoshikawa who was on TV seven years ago. And they don't go far beyond that. then. But it just kind of freaks the girls out because they realize that, like, people could start to recognize them. It could happen to any one of them, yeah. really.
2: I'm surprised they brought this up because, like, it could yeah. have happened so easily in so many air er- like times before this. Yes, and I was like, "No, duh! You could be recognized, you fucking idiots!" As-
1: yeah, especially Lily and I. I, who's probably mm-hmm. no mo- no much older than Sakura, yeah. and then Lily, who yeah. we know specifically was seven years ago. I'm like, people would be recognizing them, especially since they've been on TV left and right like crazy. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. But the show kind of ignores it a little bit until it wants to do an episode about it, I guess. But anyways.
0: Yeah. And so Lily is not with the other girls. She's actually sitting outside in like the courtyard and Sakura goes and talks to her. And this is when Lily drops the bomb on Sakura that this big scary dude, Takeo, is actually her pappy or her dad. Um, <laughs> and he raised her mostly alone because Lily's mother had passed away. And they used to always watch TV together, which he really, really enjoyed.
1: And she loved how much it made him smile. So you're supposed to feel really sorry for Lily, but I'm feeling like super sorry for this guy. He lost his wife and his fucking daughter. Oh, yeah. No wonder he's at work moping around. Jesus, that poor dude. You know
2: who I feel sorry for? Like Lily's mom. Like, look how tiny she was probably, like based on the (laughs) pictures. And like how giant he is. You know what? I bet she died like he got a little (laughs) too passionate one night they were fucking and he just crushed her just like an ant
0: Lily did say that my mom takes after me and it's like oh boy (laughs) that implies some things Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so yeah Lily's like I because of how happy it made my dad I wanted to make him smile from inside the TV which is why uh, she signed up to become an idol and then he like later became her idol manager and stuff So, but some trouble occurred when Lily started to get a bit older. (laughs) And not much older, like, she's, like, 11 as all of this idol stuff is happening. Um, So, number one troubling thing is her dad sort of became obsessed with Lily's TV career and did not pay as much attention to her needs as a person. Number two, more importantly, it turns out that Lily's name was Masao. And we hear, like, Takeo calling her this. And she's like not coming out of her dressing room one time because she's worried about how she's going to look because she's starting to sprout some leg hair. Uh, and she's <laughs> she's like, oh. And, and Takeo's like, I, you can't look like that forever. You're going to grow up. And then things get even worse when Lily notices that she has a facial hair sprouting. And this is such a shock to her. Also on top of like all of the stress of like her career and her dad like pushing her to do more and more stuff that she literally dies from the shock of seeing a facial hair and like her dad no then, yeah so
2: <laughs> she fucking dies from a facial hair yes which okay i know that like the idea is that she realizes she's gonna look like her dad because she's spoiler alert a yeah. boy she's
0: a she was but, a boy. like yeah
2: like, she's going to grow up to look like him because, like, you know, he's hairy and big and all that. But, like, come on, girl. Even women, all women have at least one or two facial hairs.
3: <laughs> just
2: just to let you all know out there, we don't faint and scream when we see them. You, you take your tweezers, you pluck it out. Like, <laughs> that should not be something you die over. All right?
0: Well, she's obsessed like, that with... Was
2: some, that was bullshit. <laughs> She's obsessed you know that was with bullshit.
0: She's obsessed with looking like a girl because she feels that she is a girl. She considers herself a girl. She's basically a trans girl, uh, and so like when she sees herself like growing up and going through puberty and starting to look like a boy, she's like, I don't ever want to get older, and so that's why kind of why she's a little bit happy that she becomes a zombie because she will never age now. Um, but yeah, so Sakura hearing all this is like, wait. I don't know
1: if I'm following you quite. Oh my God. Correctly. It gives Saki's nickname for her shrimpy a whole new meaning.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, oh God. And as, <laughs> so Soccer asks Lily like to clarify, like, who is Masao? And Lily's like, that was my old name. Uh, and so like they, they go and tell like Saki and the others this and like Saki flies into this like fit of laughter when she hears how masculine Lily's old name was. Cause it's like, it's like, to, um, oh, what is it? Masao Go, which apparently sounds, like, really masculine, and so does her dad's name. Um, and so, like, I asked Lily, alright, so, like, what happens now? And, like, Lily like immediately responds, I will always be Lily, especially since I'm a zombie now who will never change. And so... The girls are like, all right, fine, I guess. And then so th- they wonder if Kodoro knew about this and they go talk to him. He's like, hell, yeah, I knew.
3: Nah. <laughs> um,
0: and so <laughs> Saki's kind of annoyed with Kodoro for like hiding this, but like basically backs Lily up saying like Masao is Lily now and there shouldn't be any problems. So I guess it doesn't really matter. Um and like I guess Kodoro backs her up, and he tells them like to all get out, like just stop complaining and go practice. Uh, and the girls are like looking at Lily as she sleeps, saying like how cute she is. And Saki's just like, well, it doesn't matter what kind of junk she's got; she's Lily. So, <laughs> and then Junko has this look on her face. <laughs> yeah, when she hears Junk, li- <laughs> yeah, she she gets very yeah. blushy. Um, so then we then see what happened with Takeo, Lily's fat father, after she died. Like he became you know, furious with himself, uh, blamed himself. He took his TV and threw it through the wall, which is why he didn't watch it at work earlier in the episode. He hates TV now. Um, But he also decides, like, the girl he saw couldn't have been his, like, daughter, Masao, like, or or Lily. He goes to their next event and speaks with Lily to, like, basically apologize. And he also asks her for, like, an extra small t-shirt because he used to have a kid. uh, But he was a bad father to her who didn't care for her properly. Uh, This is what he tells Lily. And, of course, Lily's still having to try and hide that she knows that this is her father, and he asks if her father was a nice man, and she tells him that he is. So, like, by proxy, she kind of tells him.
1: Right, right. Yeah. And, like, he'll, he'll probably take that shirt and probably put it on their little shrine that the yeah. Japanese people do, you know. So that's kind of cool.
0: And so he apologized to Lily for everything that happened, uh, like, in place of his daughter, basically, and tells her he won't be coming back and... Lily tries to hold it in, but, like, when they get home later, like, she breaks down and cries in Sakura's arms and realizes that her father actually loved her this whole time. And so the girls get together and they decide, like, we need to do something. We can't just let this stay as it is. And so they decide, all right, there's one thing only we can do. And they even go to Kotaro, and Kotaro agrees to this. So they decide to hold a live concert uh, with a new song that is, like, a ballad for Lily to sing called To My Dearest. Uh, Which is clearly directed at Takeo, who they invite uh, through a letter and he shows up Uh, and it like both the ballot basically both Mm -hmm. apologizes to him for like her leaving him earlier than she wanted to but also like implores him to like keep watching her because she'll always love him. And it's, it's really, really sweet. And also this performance was not as CG as previous performances. Like Leo said last episode, like he heard they went away from it and this was much more hand drawn and it definitely looked better. Like I, I liked it a lot. Um, and so the episode ends with Takeo like watching TV with his coworkers for a change because he doesn't hate TV anymore, and they're kind of just smiling at the uh, the yakitori commercial and Lily smiling, and I was like, wow. That was a really nice episode. Leave it to Mappa to have good LGBT representation in their anime. Like, especially if there was one little note. Uh, if if you're looking closely in the scene where Soccer is talking to Lily, I'm, I'm glad you caught that because I missed that, and that's awesome. Yeah, I, I think I, I saw this on Twitter. I wish I could remember who first posted this. That is but really interesting. Yeah, Soccer is wearing shorts that had the color of the transgender flag uh, in that scene. And so it's like you can okay. tell where Mappa stands on this issue. So yeah. good well, for them. Well, I did,
2: I did give them props. Like this is probably the best way that I've seen like a transgender character handled. Because mm-hmm. like, usually they'll come out and be like, he's actually a man or, you know, or something like that. And it was much more subtle. Like, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? There was like a little bit of and shock. Like, Sakura done. was
0: like shocked initially, but then they immediately just like rolled with it because they were like, who cares? Yeah. We're fucking zombies anyway. <laughs>
2: like, yeah. I, I was a little confused as to why they didn't have like the, the normal thing where eventually she would go to him and be like, I'm your daughter, but like,
3: mm-hmm.
2: I'm a zombie now, but like, I can still see you sometimes. Or, or like, because it, it kind of like feels like she just sort of abandoned him. Like, Yeah, I don't know. Like, wouldn't she want to see him?
0: I I think she really does, but like, she's worried about outing like the rest of them, possibly, and just I don't know. Like, it. She is very mature Mm. about this for like an eleven to twelve year old. (laughs) To be honest, like you would think that she would just blurt it out, like I am your daughter. But no, she doesn't. But I, I like that they at least reach out to him the way that they can through the idol group. it's all right i mean like if if they're not going to tell people who they are then that's at least a decent way to get the feelings across that you needed to express
1: so yeah 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 i I I
2: just i was a little bugged by it but it wasn't (laughs) it wasn't anything too bad
1: so So, since they pulled back to funny and went like fully emotional of course i i still enjoyed this episode a lot i just found it a little more boring than the rest of them yeah but it looks like Saki gets the next episode, and she's fucking hilarious to me. So it'll be good. Oh,
2: that'll be really fun. And also, to the see episode title is
1: like eighteen fucking words oh, long. I can't <laughs> wait to read that next
3: week. Yeah, whichever one that, of us gets to read it, it's gonna be hilarious. We usually make fun of it, oh but goodness. with this
1: show, this like this is so intentional. We're making fun of the episodes <laughs> with long titles. <laughs>
2: yep. well okay one last thing there's a scene where like the dad is really upset at himself after she dies yeah after lily dies and like he scratches like a scar across his face mm. and like that's how he got that scar oh i didn't and notice I'm, that
0: Damn. that was kind
2: yeah. of bs because like it, it's almost like he scratched himself and it was immediately a scar
0: mm-hmm. like
2: there wasn't like any blood and i was like come <laughs> on now
1: yeah that's a little weird <laughs>
2: just a it's just a little tweak that I was well, like, mm. if it
1: turned into like some weird tick he got because of like the state of mind he is. And I mean, it could have pot- potentially become one. I guess you could imagine that. Yeah. That is a little yeah. weird. Yeah. I don't Speaking yeah. of a little weird, I was yeah. going to say, you want to talk about some unbelievable <laughs> shit? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Here we go. Kara Ky- Curry Circus. Oh uh, boy. Episode eight Moments Beginning, Moments End the show opens with like Shirogane and like a beauty sus talent show to get more funds for the circus. <laughs> and then, that then does, and then like at the win- end, the circus does like a little performance cause she wins. Of course, she just totally blow wows the judges. They can't believe it. Uh, and then we to learn about Lise who is the circus tamer and comes from a family of wild animal tamers. She uh, went with the family and became one herself, but her sister died by one of the tigers. And now she doesn't want to do wild an- animals anymore and interest is interestingly it's because of a want for revenge yeah like when she looks at like a
0: tiger she can't yeah keep herself from thinking about her sister's death yeah
1: and like wanting to kill it and not being afraid of it like you would Mm -hmm. usually think uh so she only does like dogs and cats now and i mean kudos if you're got cats doing tricks (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh and then there's like this cute scene between like Vilma and Shiragane where uh, Vilma gets like Shiragane to basically confess that she had fallen in love with the Rumi by the end and that she mostly treated him like a piece of shit. And she tears up because she still believes, you know, he's dead at this point and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I want to mention, you know, Vilma showed up last episode. In this episode, they got her in a bikini right away. <laughs> I did see that. Yeah. I noticed that. I was like, oh, of course. <laughs> so, okay. For this next part, you have to believe the metal detectors were never invented in this world.
0: <laughs> so dumb. Oh, man.
1: There is,
2: this whole scene is just chaos. Yes. There's
1: more metal inside the plane than the fucking plane is made of. <laughs> so true. Uh, so the roomy guy and Lucille are on an airplane on their way to China but a bunch of automata that explode when pierced or on board. So that's kind of new. Uh, they attack Narumi, who like cuts one and explodes like a hole into the side of the plane. So they're like, shit, we can't cut and pierce them anymore. And then there's kind of one guy, he's kind of running the whole thing. And he challenges Narumi to, f- to defeat nine of his colleagues by only using his fists. <laughs> uh, and then like he grabs these two children and he's like, I will break these children's fingers every time you get hit during this fight. <laughs> I'm just like, Jesus Christ. But I mean, I'm not it's not too inspecting from the show. Mm-hmm. But then like Guy convinces him to break his fingers instead, since he has used Olympia to kill countless of his kinds. And he's like, oh, that is a better idea. Mm-hmm. And also, like, Guy doesn't feel any pain. Like, that these people with the white hair, they call themselves the Shirogane. So that makes me wonder what they're gonna do with Shirogane. I mean, that's mm-hmm. This name's being used a lot.
2: I mean, besides what they've already done to poor Shirogane, (laughs) I mean, she's pretty much been used as a porcupine now. Yeah, she has a pin cushion. cushion. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We also find out that, like, all these people, they have some type of weird. Also, do they not feel pain, but they also have weird healing abilities. Yeah. But we'll get more to that. Uh, Like I said, Guy doesn't feel pain, so he doesn't bother him that his fingers are getting broken. And they break all of them except for, like, three by the time it's all over. Uh, But Narumi, like, beats all of them. And even, like, the head guy who he stabs with his new blade of St. George, it looks a lot like God of War's blade on a chain. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then, like, Guy, even with his fingers broken except for three, he so the one guy gets uh, stabbed through, so he's going to explode. So he uses Olympia and his own body to like encase him and contain the blast. So the people in this role can just take a hell of a beating. Yes. I mean, like we knew Shiragana could, but the the explosion was just like, really at this point? Yeah. Oh my God. So yes. Speaking of taking a hell of a beating, one automata has taken Lucille's hand, has staked Lucille's hands to the back of a seat. Uh, But that doesn't stop her from getting to the cockpit and taking it back over from the automata that's taking it over uh but then suddenly the plane is like surrounded by insect automata that are like taking out the engines that you laughed when i did air quotes for insect automata <laughs> yeah i was like okay i'm not the only one uh but then like guy equips olympia with a new dress that allows her to like fly they go outside and it's got like four chain guns on it and he's kicking ass and then like the leader he tricks the leader one and getting close enough so i grab him yeah and then shoots the shit out of him but then like he's gonna like Kamikaze himself into the plane but then guy like grabs a hold of him and takes him far away of the plane and you just see an explosion so and that's is- we'd like to say. Uh, no body, no death.
0: <laughs> I also couldn't take this seriously because like the insect guy and one of like the villain guys earlier talked in these super high voices like I'm going to get you.
2: <laughs> it was like, so
0: ridiculous. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I know. And, like, that's the well, whole fucking episode is that way. You know what it makes yeah. me
1: think of? Like horror shows where the puppets have the high pitched voices and oh, these guys I are suppose. basically puppets also. <laughs> yeah. That's what it kind of made me think of. So I still saw it kind of like supposed to be scary in the moment it was uh, funny though <laughs> yeah it's just so, dumb
3: <laughs> so the it plane was eventually <laughs> the oh plane my. eventually crash
1: lands in front of t- take a guess Oh, it, it won't be somewhere convenient, will it? <laughs> yeah. Only the most oh, but, convenient. Oh, but also
2: not convenient because, oh, they don't see him, even though he fucking grabs them and <laughs> saves them. What bullshit. So the player <laughs>
1: crash lands in front of the circus, and like everybody's running out to investigate, and like an automata goes after Masaru, and like Shirogane jumps in front of it. And apparently, Shirogane blood is bad for automata because, like, hmm. Yeah, he goes, Oh no, not Shiragane blood. Like, uh, it's poison for him, I guess. Yeah, that was interesting. Maybe, maybe he's going to explode. Maybe that's why uh, Narumi can kill them or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then, like, Narumi jumps in and saves them both. But the two can't see who it is because of, like, all the dust. But this is Shiragane's second time seeing his outline in the It defies,
2: like, fucking, <laughs> defies all logic yeah, that they the, can't there, see the him. One little part
1: I did like was that, like, he pats Masaru on the head. And Masaru yeah. immediately recognizes, yeah, the feel, his hand. Like, they,
0: yeah, so I understand. So they at the very end, like they know, they think it's him, right? Like they, they as he's running away, they're like Nara But yeah, they're both like, "What the fuck?" Is I that- <laughs> understand why he doesn't know because remember he has uh, amnesia, basically. Right. So he wouldn't recognize it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. conveniently. Them. Yeah,
2: he has anime sickness. <laughs>
0: Uh, did you mention, Leo, that, like, in the middle of all that chaos on the plane, like, those freaking puppets had, like, chainsaws everywhere, and that was, well, that's why we were complaining about the metal detectors. It was so ridiculous, and they, like, they, they,
2: they were, were completely made of out of action. metal. Yeah, they're all metal, but, like, the chainsaws the in particular. the action scene was ridiculous. <laughs> the, the action scenes in this were just, like so overwhelming i was just watching it like am i supposed to believe any of this is actually happening i'm so confused
0: yeah like i was crossing my fingers so many questions yeah i was crossing my fingers at the end of this episode that this was just like kind of like a dumb episode and not a sign of things to come because like there was so much insanely stupid stuff that happened in this one episode and i was like (laughs) all right please let's just calm down here <laughs> let's get back to the cool storytelling
2: like, i thought it was weird how many times narumi mentions how much he hates a guy in this episode yeah it's like i don't remember him saying anything about hating guy before like
1: no and he all of totally a sudden he's did. like i
2: hate you i hate you i hate you and i'm like all right we get it you hate him <laughs> like you've said it like 50 times this episode
1: no the episode before like, this yeah no he talked about how much he hated guy and like why I remember that pretty clearly. Did he clearly? Yeah, he, yeah. Did, he I was, did. I guess I wasn't paying attention
2: times. last episode because yeah. there was too much epic stuff happening last episode.
0: <laughs> yeah. But This
2: episode, like, he just he emphasizes it so many times. Like, you only need to say it like once or twice.
0: That's true. You also only need yeah. one or two
1: insects to take down a but plane. Then guy that this episode did like a couple like redeeming things like saving the kids from getting their fingers broken. Yeah. So the the show was definitely playing yeah. on that his fingers were going in all different directions it was
0: ugh, not fun yeah
2: that was that, that scene where he's like posed and like all of his fingers are all fucked up and he's got like the <laughs> puppet strings like yeah. on the three fingers that, I was like damn dude alright that's that's a scene that won't haunt my nightmares or anything
3: <laughs> for sure
1: oh boy
0: all right, Re- Leo, are you ready to be my flower uh, guru
1: for this next show? Yeah, hi. I'm excited. I had nothing to say about this show, so I had to look up hydrangeas. So three, three, three separate times meeting. in this
0: episode, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to Leo and be like, Leo, <laughs> what did this mean? So uh, we got nice. Blue, bloom into you, uh, episode eight, intersection, and then rained in. So first half of this episode. Uh, starts off with Sayaka, who is at the train station waiting to meet up with Toko. When her ex girlfriend from middle school bumps into her randomly, and apparently her senpai has been wanting to apologize to her because she believes that confessing to Say- Sayaka might have been what made her attracted to other girls and, and if she's still attracted to other girls she's really sorry for what she did to her <laughs> but oh, God. if Sayaka has, been go- has gone it's back so to insulting. being it's very insulting then she's like oh but if you've gone back to being an ordinary normal girl then there's no problem and so Sayaka you see her like hand twitch she's like oh I to slap this bitch so bad oh um, she gets her with a sick <laughs> sick burn <laughs> yeah. and then she's like you know so she's like the girl's not aware that she's burning her but this whole time she is she's basically like you know i'm actually surprised that i ever fell for you and i think the girl takes it as like i'm surprised i ever fell for a, a girl but sayaka's like no you're such a bitch i'm surprised i ever even thought you were nice <laughs> yeah um
2: exactly <laughs>
0: And then she's like, but I am somewhat grateful because she sees like Toko arriving. And then Sayaka just like runs up, up to her, holds to her arm, like glomps onto her, and she like looks back at her senpai, smiles at her, and is like farewell. And she her senpai <laughs> just like stunned, like doesn't know what to make of this at all. I was just like that <laughs> was pretty great. Yeah, that
1: was a good
0: burn. <laughs> it was good. Yeah, that Perfect was timing. a good burn. So uh, as they walk away, Toko asks Sayaka, like, what was that all about? And, like, Sayaka's still walking arm in arm, linked with her. And Sayaka's like, oh, uh, I just got wrapped up in the moment. She lets go. And then, like, Toko, like, grabs her hand back. And, she, and like, Sayaka's like, what's up? And she's like, well, this is just payback. And so Toko asks Sayaka, like, what color hydrangeas do you like? And like they point out this like nearby bush, and for Sayaka, her specific hydrangea bush has blue and white flowers on it.
1: So Leo, what does yeah, that so, mean? Okay, we'll get to the blue and the white just in a second, but the whole hydrangea is according to a Japanese legend the hydrangea became associated with heartfelt emotions. Uh, Gratitude for understanding and apology after a Japanese emperor gave them to the family of the girl he loved to make up for neglecting her in favor of business and show how much he cared about her. Uh, Pink hydrangeas are special, but we'll come back to those. But you Mm -hmm. said the blue and the white ones. So So, blue
0: and white ones for Sayaka.
1: Yes. Blue symbolizes frigidity and apology. So you're like... Regret, forgiveness, turning down a romantic proposal. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm. White hydrangea symbolizes boasting or bragging, which is also purity and innocence. So she did all of those things, all these (laughs) just now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. that totally makes sense. Yeah,
2: (laughs) that does make sense.
1: So so it's kind of cool because, like, there isn't there like a whole language of flowers and stuff like that out there, especially in Japan. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, so that's interesting. We'll we'll have more hydrangea moments. Uh let's see. So in the second half of the episode, it's a very rainy day at school. School has just ended. Uh and Yu's trying to figure out a way to get home with like somebody else's umbrella because she doesn't have hers. Um so she's with her friend Akari and she's gonna like walk home with her, but and Akari sees this uh senpai boy, like blonde kid who she's clearly into and you recognize this. And she's like, all right, all right, this is the perfect opportunity for you. Like go, go after him. Uh, and Akari's like, are you sure? And she's like, yeah, she like pushes her. And so she runs up to this guy and offers him like her umbrella and he accepts. And it's very cute. But meanwhile, you is screwed because she's lost her umbrella friend. So just to figure <laughs> out some other way to get home. Yep. So she thinks about calling Toko But kind of like decides against it. I'm not exactly sure why. I guess she just doesn't want to impose or she just feels awkward. And she instead first calls her sister, but her sister's boyfriend, or I don't remember if it's her fiance or not. uh, His name is Hero Answers. And Yu decides like, "Uh, I guess I won't interrupt your date and make you come pick me up or anything. Uh, So she like tells him like, oh, I I see another friend. She kind of flies and gets off the phone. And, and it's funny because they <laughs> accurately predict you don't have your umbrella, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. They know. And so, like, you, sister, Ray tells Hiro, like, you is usually, like, really reluctant to commit to things at the start. And she's, like, kind of hoping that one of her friends will be able to pull her through this, like, stuff. Like, just through this, like, time of her life. So, that's interesting. And so... Yu is about to give up and just walk home in the rain. She can't find anybody. And at this moment, Toko shows up with an umbrella. And like she had apparently called Yu, but Yu's phone was like busy tone because she was calling her sister. And they walk home together and Toko kind of reminisces because they're walking home on the same route that she and her older sister used to take like way back when in like elementary school basically because she used to live closer to this school before she moved away and went to middle school. And she tells you like you're no, you're like the only person I could talk about my childhood with. Uh, and then they get into this extremely cliche fight about who should hold the umbrella. Like Toka's like, I'm taller. So I should, it's easier for me to hold it and use like, but I'm the Kohai, So I should hold it for my senpai. And it's, you know, it's really dumb. They eventually yeah. just laugh at each other cause they're being dumb and they look stupid and they decide to both hold it with one hand each. Um, so you then has them stop under an awning at one point. Cause like Toko has gotten wet And she has this dry towel in her bag that she was going to use for, like, running practice. But that got rained out, so she, like, wraps it around Toko's hair and starts, like, pampering her, basically, Toko says. Like, little sisters are supposed to be good at. Um, But she wonders if, like, she's taking advantage of you. Like, she she tells this to her out loud, like, and, like, she doesn't want to feel like she's forcing you to do any of this and like you thinks so herself that uh, Toko even thinking of her and asking her this question is like more pampering that she then she's even doing just drying Toko's hair and tells her like i'm really happy that dude you that saved was her. weird how much what? she
1: was just like uh like uh the way she was just drying her hair for like forever it felt like (laughs) it was very
0: intimate and romantic for sure like i don't know if you meant it to come off that way but like i felt it there was some electricity there going on like yeah it was it was but like i guess it's like a senpai kohai type of thing like little sister pampering older sister type thing but there's more to it for sure and isn't that yeah that's specifically what they said so (laughs) yeah and when like it's funny when you says um like, I was really happy when you saved me earlier today. Like, Toko's, like, really happy. Like, what does that mean? Does that, does that mean something more? And so the scene also, all, all this time, is constantly cutting away to a nearby hydrangea bush. And at the end of the scene, um, you asks Toko, like, what hydrangeas do you like? And we're shown, like, blue and purple and pink hydrangeas for Toko. So what do those
1: mean? So, that, that, yeah, okay. So, back to the blue where we know was like frigidity and apology. So, I'm not sure. what well, what's the apology here? What's the forgiveness? A regret, maybe? I don't,
0: I'm not sure what, by, well, why the blue are bad. It also says yeah.
1: turning down a remote, romantic proposal. Potentially, yeah. Potentially. So, okay. Purple, purple though, one, yeah. Symbol desires a, a desire to deeply understand someone. So, that one's completely obvious. That is obviously this makes, makes the sense. The pink ones are. They're they're kind of I guess extra special in the hydrangeas because they're associated with genuine emotion because their shape resembles a beating heart mm. and they mm. symbolize heartfelt emotion love romance marriage stuff like that yeah so
0: also I feel like I I definitely skipped over like a whole paragraph in my synopsis didn't I because like there's this there's this whole scene earlier in the episode where you hangs out with Sayaka. This is like in the first half of the episode. I don't know how Damn. I skipped this. They go to like uh, McDonald's, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, because I was Damn like, there's I a hope, third I hydrangea hope You wouldn't thing. notice.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's okay.
0: We're, I'm almost done. So, like, they go to this McDonald's, which is called like Y Donald's, and it has like triple arches, and it was really weird. Um, well, it, they blocked out a whole bunch of well, names They don't name want to get with, like sued. street signs and stuff. <laughs> yeah. So,
2: yeah. They're like, how can we do this while making it obvious while not getting sued?
0: <laughs> yeah. And they both kind of just prod each other, because, like, you ask Sayako, like, do you like like Toko? And Sayaka's like, oh, yeah, just, like, as a friend, and then shoots the question right back at you, and you's like, oh, of course, I like her as a senpai. They both kind of mm. eye each other. And they're like, I see well, you. Well, and they're like,
2: because what else could she possibly <laughs> yeah, be yeah, to no, either of us? And I'm just like, uh, <laughs> this is getting awkward.
0: So... um, um but yeah, there's a, so you in this part ask Sayaka, like, what color of hydrangeas do you like? And for you, or sorry, Sayaka asks you, my bad. So for you, the ones we see are pink and white
1: flowers. Leo,
0: what does that mean?
1: <laughs> so the pink <laughs> ones we knew were the heartfelt emotions, love, mm-hmm. romance, whatnot. And the white ones are boasting or herb- bragging or purity and innocence yeah or, so yes or purity and innocence so yeah that's it's interesting
0: <laughs> so yeah i think all of the hydrangea imagery makes sense for each of the individual characters it was pretty cool uh little like motif they
1: had going on but yeah, yeah. and just as a side note there is a, a flower of course for lesbians or yuri which is lily the which lily is flower. yeah, yeah which, which i think i knew you knew you after a while you pick up if you've seen a couple uh lesbian anime yeah. but uh it, it, its term is with slender stems and large flowers yuri the japanese name for lily mm-hmm. is said to have come from the verb yuru meaning to sway as a lily does naturally in the breeze makes sense yeah oh. so yeah okay hmm. it's very poetic
0: uh, yeah, and this episode just <laughs> yeah. ends with uh, it's
1: called "Language of the Flowers." Well, yes, you don't very think it's poetic. going to be poetic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so? This episode ends with uh, you and Sayaka, who had been having trouble with their like baton passing for the the upcoming like culture festival race, uh, ends with them finally figuring out their baton pass. So good for them! Good job.
2: <laughs> so I kind of took this whole episode as the idea, like this. They, they're all in a holding pattern, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they're waiting for Toko to, like, stop putting on an act, but they're not really sure what will happen after that. And Toko, like, doesn't want to stop putting on an act. Yeah. Um, they're all just kind of frozen in place with this, like, catch-22, where Toko's like, I don't want, you know, you to love me. I just want to love you. And I don't really want anything real, but I, I do want this. And, like, it's all very complicated, but I do think like eventually something will happen and then it'll be like like it goes down fast, you know, like things change really quickly once things start moving. Yeah. So it'll be interesting.
0: I've heard tell that episode nine is when things happen. So that'll be interesting to talk about next week. I don't know what yeah. happens. Ooh. I just know that people have been going nuts. So yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm excited mm. to talk about that. I wonder there if go. there'll be more uh symbolism because I find that interesting more than what, uh, everything else that's happening in the show I think yeah it's one of the more interesting
0: <laughs> but, parts of the show is like the, the cinematography symbolism and then just like the active like flower symbolism that's going on too oh
1: man I need to look up what black mold
0: means in Japanese <laughs> in. <laughs> oh, God. God well with that uh, clearly we're done here uh, thanks for listening <laughs> thanks cat for like lending your voice as little as, as left of it to this podcast <laughs> Uh, thank you very much.
2: <laughs> Anytime.
0: And so remember to like, follow, and subscribe to us on YouTube to get updates on new podcasts and videos. Uh, you can also find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Uh, and you can follow us on Twitter at Nerddom and Other for updates as well. Or on Discord at the link in the description of the YouTube video or the podcast feed. And with that, we will see you next time.